welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I am just so happy to share a recent Firebird Award-winning author with you. He is Gramps Jeffrey, and his winning book is titled, I Don't Want to Turn Three. He has four kids and six grandchildren, and as a baby boomer, he looks at how the kids are growing up and tries to understand how the world has evolved since he was three years old. As the author of the acclaimed business book, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart, and a contributor to the Huffington Post of over 100 articles on how to help the nonprofit world and also help grow small businesses, Gramps' commentary is quite timely in today's challenging world. And I am just so looking forward to finding out more. So welcome to the network, Gramps. I appreciate you inviting me so much, Pat. Oh, well, listen, congratulations on the book win. Oh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, that was quite exciting. <laughs> it is exciting when you put your work out there and people appreciate it. Yes, I think uh, I think the award uh, really keeps me going. Good, I'm happy about that. Before we begin to talk about your award-winning book, tell us a bit about you and your background when you're not being Gramps Jeffrey. Well, you know, I always look at myself as Gramps Jeffrey. Uh, with six uh, grandkids, you've got to view yourself as always the Gramps. Uh, but besides that, you know, before uh, I retired, I was in the business world. I uh, started the premier business-to-business site on the Internet where we sell in case quality to small businesses all around the world. And so I was very involved in, in really business before I decided that I was going to branch off and really work with my grandkids. So this book is really based – it's a true story based on the six grandkids and their interactions. So I guess, um, you know, if you want to say, you know, why, why did I decide to write this book? You know, uh, living this past year because of the pandemic caused by COVID-19 and isolation, you know, pretty much, except I was able to be with the, with the family, gave me a special time to kind of watch and interact with these grandkids. I got to tell you, what a, what a trip. All six of these kids you know, have completely different personalities. The one thing they do have in common is a uh, sense of curiosity and how excited they get when they do accomplish something new. You know, watching them grow year to year and how they interact with each other really is the basis of this book. You know, what, what goes through a toddler's mind, the parents are so desperate to understand. You know, when, when does a toddler understand the difference between me and us? You know, this this book kind of explores how a family finds out all of this together. You know, as you mentioned, as a baby boomer trying to understand how the world has evolved since you know, I was uh, three years old, it's also part of the story. You know, m- my parents didn't have any cell phones. They didn't have the Internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. In fact, I was my dad's remote. He said, go change the channel. So I'd get up and change the channel. You know. My parents' definition of discipline is quite different than the parents of today. You know, and I guess uh, has today's world made for a better place for children to grow up? You know, I'll let uh, your listeners kind of uh, answer that question. Is your way how you were treated growing up compared to how we now treat our kids today? So, so, so I wrote this book for for these grandkids. Their reaction has been really invaluable to me. You know, as you watch them understand Jordan, and Jordan is the hero in the book. You know, he's the main character. Discover that of right versus wrong, you can see that the older kids 
have gone through this same dilemma. They're, they're saying that, you know, they can relate. And the younger kids don't quite yet understand the concept of sharing. So this whole experience for me really has been priceless. What is the age range of your grandchildren? The youngest is one and the oldest just turned nine. And so, do, uh, do they come from all four children? They come from my three daughters. Okay. I have three millennial uh, daughters. Each one has two. Okay. I happen to live out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Two of them live here. Two and live in Austin, Texas, and two live in Orlando. In fact, the uh, two from Austin, Texas, were just here last weekend for about four days. So we had a chance to really, uh, you know, try maybe come up with another book based on that experience. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the dynamic would be if they were all from the same family or if they're cousins and how that works out and how often they get to see each other, because that makes a difference too. What a fun time for you and what a great place to visit Scottsdale when they get to visit Gramps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all have a good, good time together. You know, like, for instance, you know, when I had, because I had all, I had four out of the six here, the two here and the two in Austin. And, you know, one day we went to the Dinosaur Museum. And for some reason, these kids all love dinosaurs. It's it's like, it's the, you know, we, we talk, start talking about dinosaurs. And uh, they, you know, they go nuts. They can name every single dinosaur. two and three, four year old. They can name every single dinosaur there is with these long names. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they're small, medium, and large. I mean, they can tell me, they can tell me, you know, who is a meat eater, who eats plants, and who fights who. You know, so dinosaurs really are big. So we took them to the dinosaur museum here in town. And another day, second day, they were here. We went to the zoo. And we all piled into the zoo, and they didn't want to go home. You know, they they all have their favorite animals and then uh, and then the third day they were here we went to the aquarium and you know they, they love those fish so it's uh it's it's really a, a fun time being with, with all these kids oh my gosh so much food for future books you could you know any one of those trips could be a couple books already huh well, yeah, you know, what's interesting, you know, we talk about the isolation and the family being separated. Uh, you know, I've got them in three different states, and during this whole COVID thing, you know, is how do you communicate? You know, as a parent, but more importantly, as a grandparent, how do you stay in these kids' lives when, you know, they're so far away and you can't visit them? We couldn't fly back and forth. So, again, going back to the theme of dinosaurs, you know, I found that, because they all love dinosaurs, um, we decided that we were going to play a game at our house. And we were going to have the dinosaurs, I had about six of them, do something different every night. So, for instance, you know, one night they were in the refrigerator eating the berries. Another night uh, they were helping the grandmother wash the dishes and the dinosaur had the suds all over them. Uh, another night they were playing the piano. Another night they were helping with the wash. So. All the we, we created this thing that every night the dinosaurs were doing something. So what that did for uh, for me was we were getting now phone calls from these little kids wanting to see what are the dinosaurs doing tonight. <laughs> so you know we have 50 different adventures of these dinosaurs all around the house, and every night they would call and they call my wife's phone because she has the iPhone with the. Uh, you know, where you can see each other. And, you know, they call and my wife would answer the phone and they say, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? Because they wanted to know what the dinosaurs are doing tonight. So you talk about, you know, how do you keep in touch 
with uh, with kids when they're not really in the same town. Now, that was our one way of really helping to keep in touch, and it's paid off. You know, the, you, you can see it as, as we go out and we're able to visit them again. So I just urge any of the grandparents to come up with an idea that would cause the kids wanting to call you, because, you know, most of the times it's the grandparents calling the kids. But if you can figure out a way to have them want to call you every night before they go to bed, then you have created such a great atmosphere. Oh, you make me smile. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I've got to keep these, these, these kids talking. Now, don't, don't let me kid you. I mean, it, uh, as a grandparent, I'm glad to get them back. You know, I, I, I can handle them for two, three, four, five, six days, but I am thrilled to get them back. You know, the, you know the, they, they wear you out. I mean, when, when my kids, my grandkids went to take their nap, I needed to go take a nap uh, because, yeah, it, it's not easy. I understand why it's not grandparents that have kids. It's, it's the people that run around with them that have the kids. Oh, that is so true, but so special, that relationship that you have with them. They will, that will last them a lifetime, and they will carry over that same behavior to their children and grandchildren. I mean, you're just giving, putting a gift out there to the world. Well, you know, when you think about it, uh, and again, we're, we're talking about my children's book. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to turn three, but it, it's with with any book. Every every family has lots and lots of books, and it's so important for parents and grandparents to 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 read to these kids, whether it's my book or another book. You got to sit down and read. You know, when you talk about bonding and so forth with 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 children, reading is really a great way for you to bond with your grandkids. You know, it's a nice way to spend time together. You know, you let them pick out the book. You know, and, and then the, you know they they feel very secure as they're sitting in your lap or you're next to them and you're starting to read to them. So you know that, that's one of the benefits of reading to children. And another benefit of you know reading to your grandchildren is it supports uh, listening skills. Now, you and I know that. As we grow older, older, you know, listening skills really is really probably the best skill we have. You know, that we listen before we talk. Um, and so, if you can teach these kids at a very young age, um, you know, the, the reading a book requires them to listen. So that's a skill that, that you know, hopefully that they'll they'll grow on and get get as they get older. Another another reason why uh, grandparents and parents should read to their kids. You know, is the whole cognitive and language development. And when you're talking about two, three, four, five year olds, you know, that, uh, you know, they help, these books help them expand, you know, the variety and the number of words that they use. So you want to make sure that you write, you read them in different books. Don't read them the same book all the time, but read them different books so that it helps with their cognitive and language development. And then one of the most important things of these little kids, you know, when you're, when you're actually the benefit of reading to them is their attention span. You know, it keeps the kids the, the, the chance to concentration, self-discipline skills. You know, it really helps them pay attention, especially if the story is pretty good. You know, it lets them to learn that you know they, they spend some time concentrating on one thing. So, I, I definitely urge all of your listeners to go out there and and uh, read to these kids. So whether it's my book or another book, just read because it just helps in the development. Oh, absolutely, especially in these times where we have so much technology and that kind of is a substitute 
for family time anymore. So all those skills that you mentioned, concentration, vocabulary, uh, listening skills, those are extremely important to carry you through through life. And where do you get them these days with, with so much technology taking over? So um, thank you for that plug for reading, especially reading to children. I think it's extremely, extremely important. So maybe let's dig a little bit into your book. Give us a little peek into the book, I Don't Want to Turn Three. Yeah, the real question is uh, of, the, of the book, and it really is a question of life, is, you know, what age do we really begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three year old or three years old? Is it uh, thirteen years old? Twenty three years old? You know, as far as I can see, I can see many of my peers really don't take responsibility for their actions until they're sixty three years old. So you know, that, that, that's one thing that, that 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 I hope comes out in the book is you know when when do you actually take responsibility? When when do you begin to figure out that you are part of a, a larger community? Um, so I think if, if, if anyone gets any message out of the book, that's one I want them to take home. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned briefly, but I want to delve a little bit deeper. What, uh, and I know they're still young, but what has been the reaction of your grandchildren to actually see this finished book that Gramps has, has written? Well, that's an interesting question because it really is pretty wild. Again, I, I was telling you I had the uh, four here last weekend, and the older one, uh, Olivia, who just was, turned nine, you know, she took the book, and they went underneath my desk, and she and two, three of four, so all four of them were underneath my desk, and she was reading the book to them. Oh. Uh, and it really, it, 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 and you, you heard, you heard uh, Levi say, "That's me. Mm -hmm. I did that." And, and you heard Jackson say, "That's me." That's me. I can see me because it is a, a, a true story. So, and then on top of that, uh, Olivia, you know, for her uh, class at school last Friday, they had to dress up as a character and and go and read a book to the the whole class. So she dressed up as herself. She was wearing the same the same dress that was in the book, and she read the book to the class. Um, so so that reaction. That reaction is great, but you know that brings up a a, a bigger question: is what what do you do? We as grandparents, you know, what what do we do when 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 we actually read to to kids? You know, again, trying to create that expression that they remember, you know, what 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 happens when they're younger, you know. So yeah, you pull a book again, whether it's my book or another book. And, and and as a grandparent, you need to, to kind of uh, before you even sit down and read the book, you know, you, you, you ask the kids, what, what do you think is going to happen in this book? Again, trying to get engagement, trying to get them involved, trying to keep their uh, you know cognitive language skills going and so forth. You know, that's one question you want to ask them before you even even open the book. You know, while you're reading to them during the book, you know, who are the characters in the books? You know, what is the setting? Now, in my case, all my kids knew who the characters were. They're their cousins. Um, but in most cases, they're not going to actually be in the book. It's going to be somebody else. So, so who, who, uh, who are they? Who, who are, who's the, who's the main stars in this book? You know, where are they? So 
So you want to actually make sure that you get them involved asking those kinds of questions. Also during while you're reading to them, you, know, the, the, you want to ask them, does anything in this book sound familiar to you? Is there is something going on here in this book that, that you can relate to? You know, and then, then when you're done reading the book to the uh, to, to, to your grandkids and your children, you know, you, you got to step back and say, what is your favorite part of the book? In fact, you should do that every day on how was your favorite day. But, you know, what was your favorite part of the book? Why was that your favorite part of the book? So, again, part of the reading and part of why we got to get kids to, 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 to sit down and read, get them off of their computers and off their cell phones, is because all of these questions help them think. But again, what you think about as a little kid is really how you mold yourself as an adult. Well, I even remember back sometimes when I would be reading a, a story to my children, it was like, oh, it's the end of the day. I was exhausted. I had maybe 10 more things to do. So you read the book and say, all right, bedtime. But how nice would it have been if each and every time you sat there and maybe kind of reviewed the book or what are your thoughts on that or what did that make you think of or how did you like that? I think that is brilliant just to maybe continue the conversation that allows them to think prior to the, you know, the parent or whoever's reading the book just running out of the room. Well, when you think about it, kids really do remember things. I mean, you ask your kids, you know, what, what was their best time when they're 20, 25 years old? What do you remember when you were a little kid? Uh, and so you've got to do positive things. You know, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had uh, Levi and Olivia over about three weeks ago. They were spending the weekend because their parents went out of town. And, you know, again, we had a great time with them. They're, they're my local my local kids. You know, we played in the park over in Arizona. We went swimming. You know, we, we, we played some video games. We played you know, all kinds of uh, card games and board games. Did all the fun things the grandparents are supposed to do. Um, but then at dinner time, my lovely wife said to Levi, I want you to try this new food. And Levi said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And so she got very aggressive and said, you're going to try this food or you're not going to be able to watch TV tonight. So when we, when we dropped off the kids to their parents, you know, the, the following day, uh, the, the granddaughter said, oh, we had a great time. We went swimming. We went to the park. You know, the only thing that Levi said to his parents is, Grandma made me eat something I didn't want to eat. <laughs> now, he's going to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of the great time we had, that's the only thing he remembers. So that's why it's so important for grandparents to create the positive attitude. And really, the real role of grandparents is to reinforce how their their kids are raising their kids. Okay, you know, to, to to kind of fall into the same mode. And you, hopefully, as grandparents, you feel strong enough that you raised your kids in, in the right way, and they're going to pass that on generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the one thing that grandparents just have to be careful of, is you have these memories, and you want to be able to, when they're in their 20s and 30s, for them to remember the great times as they were growing up. Absolutely. There is such a need and such a role for grandparents. Again, I say it, especially today, just because there's so much pressure on parents, especially these past year and a half, to to try to manage so many things at the same time. So that's when a, a, a grandparent can step in and just really be save the day, actually. 
Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, there's several reasons for grandparents to get more involved with their grandchildren's life. I mean, the first one is they're only one young, young once. I mean, you know, 18 years old and they're gone. Yeah, you got like 18 years to, to interact and make an impression with your grandkids. Um, so, you know, you think about it. They're only young once, and grandparents are only young once. I mean, you know, another 10 years, you're going to be old. You know, so, so you want to make sure that you get involved with your grandkids' lives because you only have this one shot. You know, and, and at the same time, the future is unpredictable. You know, so you got to do it today. You know, they could move, you could move, you know, you could die. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why, as a grandparent, you need to take the step today. You can't uh, wait. You got you to gotta, you do it now. Get involved with your kids right away. And, and it's important to become part of the routine. You know, like we became the part of the routine with the nightly call before they went to bed. That was good for us, but every grandparent's got a way to, to become part of the routine. It's important for them to do that. and. Believe it or not, grandparents do have an influence on, on children's lives. Sure. Uh, you know, again, think about it. Think about your when you were growing up. I'm sure you can tell a couple stories of you know, who influenced you when you were 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 12. Right. Uh, you, so, so they do have an influence. And, and grandparents, you know, one thing is it's very hard for us to do. Is don't be afraid to initiate. Okay, don't don't always rely on the grandkids calling you. You know, it's, uh, sometimes you've got to take the initiative. Because again, our kids' lives are very busy. They're they're working. They're trying to make ends meet. They're taking care of the kids. They're taking the school. You know, sometimes grandparents have to be the ones to take the initiative, and uh, you know, really, really, really create that bond with the grandkids. Oh, such an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you and your message. Speaking of messages, are there any future books, any upcoming books in the wings? Well, my, my granddaughter, Olivia, she says, why don't we write a series? I don't want to turn four. I don't want to turn five. Last weekend, she says, I got an idea of I don't want to turn ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, so possibly, yes. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, especially as they grow older and to get their input. And, you know, I'm sure that that's going to motivate them even to become writers and authors and creative minded people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, keep in mind, it's, it's, it is necessary to teach children how to think. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, we need to teach our grandchildren how to think, not what to think. And, you know, that's, that's part of being an American. Think whatever you want to think. But we need to teach them how to think. And if they think in the creative ways, that's great. You are an inspiration for sure. So when you were writing this book, what was the book writing process like? Did you have the idea all at once and just sat down and wrote it? How, how did that come to you? It's interesting. Let's contrast a couple books that I have written. Yeah, the first book I wrote was The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. And this was a business book. And then the reason I wrote this book was our customer base uh, were moms and pops and entrepreneurs who are trying to survive and thrive against the chains. So uh, that book is a 15-chapter book, step-by-step -step on uh, how to hire people, where to find locations, how to buy merchandise, all kinds of things to be successful. That one took me 
every weekend for nine months. So uh, I would come home because, again, I was working trying to build my own business. You know, I would come home Friday night. I'd say to my lovely wife, I'll see you Sunday night. And I would lock myself upstairs into my office and just write. So that one really was uh, every month, every weekend for nine months took me to write that book. Whereas the children's book, again, is based on what really happened. And, uh, you know, all the pictures in the books are based on uh, pictures that I took during the time. And then the illustrator obviously turned them into uh, more of a, a children's lean to them. But it's all based on facts. So I was had the opportunity during um, COVID where the, uh, I had the chance to where the kids moved in with us for six weeks uh, because everything was kind of quiet to really observe how they all interacted. And so that's really basically what the book was based on. And so I uh, sat down, you know, when they left and I wrote the book. And so that took me a couple of weeks and then, 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 then uh, that's how that evolved. So, yeah, I guess it depends on, you know, what subject you're going, you know, obviously my first, first book, 400 pages, and this one was 32 pages. So it's a little bit different. Um, so that's, that, that really is how it all came about. Okay. I so hope you continue and write more. I just, I just see that as being such a fun time for you and your grandchildren. Like, so the publishing process, was this a self-published book? Uh, yes, yes. And uh, now it's, uh, it's on uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and about 100 uh, uh, independent bookstores around the country. So, um, you know, the, you can find the book uh, pretty much anywhere online. All right. All right. So is there anything we missed today that you wanted to talk about? I guess if I was to leave your listeners with one thought is when you love, you will teach others how to love. Mm -hmm. So it's important as grandparents that, you know, that, that we really our kids are watching us. They, you say a bad word, I guarantee you at the end of the day you're going to hear that bad word many more times. <laughs> um, you know, so they watch us. And so it's important for to make sure that we take the time to show love so that they can learn how to love. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. And you know what? Not just with our grandchildren, just in general in life. You're right. All of us, all of us should do that. Yep, yep, yep. It's easy to get caught up in our own selves often and miss out on that opportunity just to show our hearts to people. Especially after what we've all just gone through with COVID-19. So you're absolutely right on that. Yep. All right, my friend. Well, where can folks go then to learn more about you? And, and you mentioned briefly, but any other places to uh, get copies of your book? Yeah, you can go to my uh, website, gramsjeffrey.com, and I don't want to turn three.com. You know, you can find it online in several different places. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to turn three and share it. I, I just think it's one of those messages that uh, you know, it, what happened to my family happened to every single family here in the world. You know, when do we learn to share? When do we learn to, to really forgive? Um, so it is, uh, it's one of those stories, I think, that goes on with every family. Oh, absolutely. And very, very thought-provoking. It gives everybody something to think about, even the adults reading the book to children. You're right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, any final words before we head out? 
No, I just uh, hope everybody enjoys reading the book as much as I did writing it. Oh, I sure hope you continue. I just I look forward to more from you and your grandkids, Gramps Jeffrey, and the book is titled "I Don't Want to Turn Three. Thank you so much for sharing you and your family with us, and hope to have another opportunity to do this again. Great, thank you, Pat.